Hello everyone, Tony here from the Coin Club Podcast. Just wanted to let you know that I use Mint Mobile for my mobile phone service provider. I recently switched and couldn't be more happy with the service that I have and the coverage. I urge you to check it out for yourself. Their easy to use website has a coverage estimator to show you how strong the signal will be in your location. No more guessing that it might be a good switch for you before you end up chasing a different carrier. They have an easy to understand plan structure and they actively try to save you money if you buy a plan that you don't need. That's right, you heard that right. A cell provider looking out for your best interest. Well, please do me a favor, check them out and use my promo code when you sign up for Mint Mobile. I'll get some free mint and if you use the promo code, you get a $15 credit to your account as well. Ryan Reynolds made everything easy with Mint Mobile except the referral code. So please check it out in the show notes and use that link, sign up, support the show, and get a credit for your new Mint account as well. Welcome to The Coin Club, a podcast brought to you by The Seven House Coins, Currency, Bullion, where we discuss everything related to numismatics. I'm glad to have you along with me for my journey and excited to share with you the very best of numismatics. and I'm glad to have you back here with me for episode number nine of the Coin Club podcast. The month of July just flew by, and now that we're here in August, get ready for all the numismatics starting to gear up for these fall shows, pending, of course, that the COVID-19 Delta variant doesn't ramp up and force a shutdown again. Please stay safe out there and be part of the solution. We all want to be meeting in person, looking at coins in person, and chatting it up with our fellow numismatists and the like. Do me a favor. If you don't mind, help me spread the word about the Coin Club podcast to all of your fellow coin collecting friends, silver stackers, notophilists, and everyone whom you think might enjoy this show. This show is just as jam-packed as the last show. On this episode, number nine, we're going to give you all the news that is news in the world of numismatics. We're going to continue our World Coin Spotlight and jump on down to Mexico. Stay tuned to find out what coin made the list this week. And we'll get back to the United States Mint and the great history of all of its locations, past and present. Thanks once again, folks, for listening in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. On with the news. On July 20th, the U.S. Mint made available their 2021 American Eagle one-ounce silver proof coin. For about 20 minutes or so, until it sold out, that is. I heard mixed reviews from people. Some thought that the site ran smoother, and some had the same problems that they faced with the previous release. What was your experience with it? Good or bad? Let me know. Send me an email at the7houseccb at gmail.com. I'd love to share your opinions on the show. This one is minted at the West Point Mint, and it has a production limit of 300,000 coins. I'd say selling out of 300,000 coins in a matter of just a few minutes would be the envy of any numismatic dealer. However, that doesn't do anything for those who wanted to get this and were left in the dark. At some point, people are going to have enough of it and just give up altogether. 
Let me know your thoughts on the subject, friends. Have you noticed the price of gold and silver lately? Of course you have, especially if you are a stacker or any kind of precious metal lover. It took a heck of a dip to $24 something like last week, and it's back up to about $25.50 or so this week. Well, some of you can probably laugh at this because we can remember when it was down to $17 or lower there for a little while. Are you buying right now? If so, what are you buying? I had a friend tell me that he never lets off the throttle. He constantly stacks, especially if it's something that he likes. The price is a factor to determine. However, he thinks you should buy what you like, and in the end, it'll all average out. One person's opinion. What's yours? How do you stack? Personally, I kind of follow the same rules. If it's something particular that I like, the chances are that I'm going to buy it, even if it's a little on the high end, a little pricey. If I'm grabbing up some silver war nickels or 90% silver, I'll look for the best deal at the time, but I usually don't hold out for that whammy of a deal. It usually doesn't come and you'll be stuck with empty hands waiting for it. The Fun Show, or the Florida United Numismatist Show, announced that this July's show was their largest ever in their history. They had over 3,500 people attend the show, and the dealers were getting great sales, and the customers had plenty to look at. Congrats to the show host and all the people who benefited from this one. Heritage Auctions is having a pretty cool error coin auction on August 26th. The collection of Don Bonzer is showcased and expected to draw quite the crowd. Just to highlight some of their featured items, you will find a 1977 San Fran Mint Lincoln Cent struck on a 10-cent planchet. This one is graded Proof 68 Ultra Cameo by NGC. There is a 2000 Denver Minted 5-cent Jefferson Nickel double denomination coin struck on a 1-cent planchet. A 1973 San Fran 20-cent Roosevelt dime triple struck with clash dies. This grades out a Proof 68 Ultra Cameo by NGC as well. They have half dollars struck on 25-cent planchets and 5-cent planchets as well. If you are an error collector, this is one auction that you won't want to miss. Get on their website and see for yourself. Also at Heritage on August 29th is their Small Sense Showcase auction. There are some real stunners in this auction, and if you are a lover of Lincoln's, Indian Head, and Flying Eagle Sense, be sure to check this one out. On July 27th, the United States Mint introduced their American Innovation $1 coin 2021 rolls and bags for the state of Virginia. This coin features the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel, which is recognized as an engineering marvel of the modern world. It connects southeastern Virginia to the Delmarva Peninsula. Did you know, all in all, this marvel of engineering genius was opened up in 1964. The above-ground trestle bridges span a whopping 12 miles, while the two tunnels each cover a one-mile stretch. Available for purchase on their website, you can pick up these coins in 25-roll lots or 100-coin bags. Available from the Philadelphia and Denver Mints, the rolls are $34.50, and the bags are listed at $117.50, respectively. Starting today, Monday, August 2nd, you can expect to see the release of the John Tyler Presidential Silver Medal as well. It comes in at 1 troy ounce of 99.9% .9 fine silver and measures in at 1.598 inches in diameter. Cost will be $65. 
Okay, now get ready all you Morgan Dollar Junkies, Peace Dollar Junkies, Gold Enthusiasts, and American Eagle Lovers, because between now and the next episode of The Coin Club, you're going to be needing to be parking your rear end on the Mint's website in anticipation of the release of numerous items. I hope all of you that want one can get one. I'll be trying as well, but I won't be holding my breath. August 3rd at noon, the release of the 2021 Morgan Dollar Denver and San Francisco Mint Mark coins will take place. A product limit of 175,000 coins are up for grabs with a limit of three apiece. The sale price for these is listed at $85. August 5th at noon, you will see the release of the American Eagle 2021 one tenth ounce gold two coin set designer edition. Minted at the West Point Mint, this set has a one-tenth ounce gold coin with the last of the original American Eagle gold coin designs on it and one with the first of the new designs. I don't see the price on the website, so stay tuned. August 10th, you'll see the release of the Philadelphia Morgan Dollar with a product limit of 175,000 coins and a household limit of three. And you will see the release of the 2021 Peace Dollar. This has a product limit of 200000 up from the Morgan series, and this will also have a household order limit of three as well. Both are being sold at $85. The last offering between now and the next episode will be the American Eagle 2021 one-ounce silver-proof coin. Minted at the San Francisco Mint, it will have the new reverse design and contain a whole ounce of .999 fine silver. It will be offered at a price of $73. Product limit of 200,000 coins are available and a household limit of three is being maintained with this offer as well. Well, that should be enough excitement for you from the United States Mint to hold you over or frustrate the bejesus out of you. You pick, but I hope it's exciting and everyone gets what they want. AppMex has announced that they have relaunched their mobile app in the Apple and Google Play stores. They tout numerous enhancements and on-the-go options for you to stay up-to-date with live spot price charts and get the latest news from the gold, silver, platinum, and palladium markets, as well as the original options that you hold near and dear. One last reminder about the American Numismatic Association's World Fair of Money. It will be happening in Chicago from August 10th to the 14th. The Tyrant Collection will be on display here. Admission is $10 for the public and free for ANA members. It is being held at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center in Hall A. Don't miss it. All right, everyone. On this episode, we're going to take you to Mexico for the World Coin Spotlight. The year is 1823, and the budding independence of Mexico has just begun. The first president was Guadalupe Vicoria, and the economy was in ruins. The coin we're going to talk about today is the Mexican 8 Reales. It was a standard circulating coin in its time and was minted from a 27.07 gram planchet of 0.903 fine silver. The diameter of this coin is 39 millimeters. On the obverse of this coin, you will see the words Republica Mexicana gracing the top half of the edge of the coin with the ever-popular full-breasted eagle profile perched on a cactus and holding a snake in its beak. This gallant eagle design was only featured on the issues of 1823 to 1825. The reverse of this coin shows a liberty cap with radiant glow from all sides. It shows the value of the coin, the mint, 
the year, the Assair's initials, and the fineness of the coin as well. Exact mintages are not listed in most references, and I found one example graded by NGC in MS62. Truly a coin to check out. I don't have any recent submissions for what were you thinking, so I guess everyone out there is being smart with their coins. That or you're all on vacation or something. I know you're not in hibernation because the numbers for the podcast keep moving in the upward direction. You're listening for sure. Remember, send them in and I will feature them on the show. Everyone loves to learn what not to do, and we can even get a kick out of how it happens from time to time. All right, folks, as promised, we're going to take a look at the history of another United States Mint facility today. This time, we're headed out west to Denver, Colorado, where all of those coins with the D-Mint mark have been made. The history would appear to start in the year of 1862 with an official act of Congress, but it really doesn't start there. We're going to start a couple years back on July 25th, 1860. A firm by the name of Clark, Gruber, and Company opened a private mint on this date at the location of Market and 16th Streets in Denver, Colorado. They did this due to their business ventures involved with the Colorado Gold Rush. It was too costly to ship and insure the gold back to their facility in the east. This two-story brick building minted $10 gold pieces at a rate of between 15 and 20 a minute. Shortly thereafter, they added a $2.5 gold coin, a $5 and $20 gold coin as well. It was said that through their operation prior to the United States Mint purchase that they minted a whopping $594,305 worth of gold coins. They purchased 77,000 ounces of raw gold from which these coins were made and shipped a large amount of gold dust back to the Philly Mint here on the East Coast. The United States government officially purchased the two-story brick building and all of its contents from the Clark Gruber and Company in April of 1863 for $25,000. It opened for business in late 1863 and was the United States Assay Office in Denver. The government figured that this facility would continue minting gold coins as did the previous owner, but it didn't pan out that way. It would simply be an assay office. The director of the mint said that the reason they were not making coins at this facility was, quote, the hostility of the Indian tribes along the routes, doubtless instigated by rebel emissaries and bad white men. In the meantime, the local miners, which were hard at it, brought the fruits of their labor to the office, hoping for a big payday. The mint would then melt it down into bars and give it the old assay office stamp and return it to their owners with the fineness and weight stamped on them. The sheer volume of gold being brought to the assay office, still the original two-story brick building, mind you, was far outweighing its capacity to smelt and refine gold. In this time, a private company built a complementary plant to the Denver assay office, which would smelt and refine the ore and send it over to the Denver office for assaying, weighing, and stamping. With the country more and more in need of coinage, the United States Congress decided to officially establish a mint in the city of Denver for the production of gold and silver coins. On April 22, 1896, a property at the intersection of West Colfax and Delaware Streets became U.S. Mint property at the cost of $60,000. That would be the equivalent today of around $1.94 million. Although not as feverish as the construction that you heard about on the last episode at the Philly Mint, construction in Denver did start relatively quickly in 1897. This may sound familiar to many of us today. 
The money set aside to buy equipment to get this grand mint up and running was just not enough. Finally, in 1904, on September 1st, the transfer of equipment from the old building started. February 1st, 1906 was the date of the first coin production at this facility. Why the gap, you might be thinking to yourself? After all this time and struggle to get the equipment in the doors to start cranking out coinage, there was just one little thing going on that the Mint wanted to be part of. They wanted to showcase their new equipment at the St. Louis Exposition in 1904. Once all the equipment was back in house, set up and running, the first year saw a production number of 167 million coins. They were cranking out 5 10 and $20 gold coins and also a variety of other silver coin denominations along with that. A very unique fact is that they inhabit the same building today. They are on the National and Denver Historic Registers. The building itself is a work of art and is designed after the Medici Riccardi Palazzo. This structure is located in Florence, Italy and was built for the Medici family in 15th century. The Denver Mint has a total of 56 coin presses today and can crank out a whopping 40,320 coins per minute. Today, the Mint makes circulating coinage, various numismatic products including uncirculated coin sets, and also commemorative coins as authorized by Congress. There is some unique and storied history that also comes along with the Mint. We'll just glance the surface of some of it. For more information, you should visit the Mint's website at www.usmint.gov and check out the stories in the Denver Mint section. <laughs> well, folks, here's one from 1922, and I guess since we didn't have any listeners submit anything for the What Were You Thinking section, maybe this one would qualify. On December 18, 1922, there was a truck parked outside the Mint that contained paper money. The Mint would actually store paper money for the Federal Reserve. <laughs> well, this bad boy was loaded with $5 notes, and the Denver gangsters robbed it. They got away with $200,000 in $5 bills. Back in 1934, we actually stored a vast amount of our nation's gold wealth here, to the tune of 57 million ounces. I sure hope they didn't leave any of that sitting out in the truck like those $5 bills. It was shipped from the San Francisco Mint for safekeeping at Denver. Although not the largest storage facility of gold today, they still keep about 18% of our gold reserve on site. We all know that the quality of coinage coming out of Denver is usually superior to the Philly Mint. In the year 2000, they produced 15.4 billion coins at this facility, the only year they overtook the Philly Mint in production numbers. The last major achievement that they celebrated in 2006 was their 100th anniversary. It is the oldest continually operating mint facility. Well, everyone, it was absolutely fantastic to have you along with me on the ninth episode of the Coin Club podcast. I would like to say once again just how thankful I am to have you all as listeners. I'm glad to be recognizing a dream of mine, and I'm very happy to have you here and enjoy it with me. Just do me a solid and spread the word about the podcast to your friends and family in the hobby. Email me with your thoughts and suggestions, and we'll see if we can't feature something on an upcoming episode. In the spirit of the Italian design of the Denver Mint, I bid you farewell tonight in Italian. Arrivederci, alla prossima amici. 
thank you for joining me on this episode of the Coin Club Podcast. I had a great time with you and look forward to sharing with you on the next episode. If you like what you've heard, please consider supporting me on Patreon at the Coin Club Podcast. Please follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook at the Seven House Coins Currency Bullion and also on Instagram at the same name. You can also go to my website, sevenhousecb.com, and give me some feedback on this episode or some suggestions on what you would like to see in future episodes. As always, I'm grateful to all of you for your support and look forward to seeing you the next time on the Coin Club Podcast.